Hello and welcome to Move Forth with Grace. I'm so glad you're here to immerse yourself into God's Word and to open your heart to His lessons today so that the wisdom of God can move through you and into the lives of those around you and continue in generations to come. Welcome, welcome. Today's podcast is brought to you by Neverbands. These are medical freedom bracelets I created for adults and children. I teamed with a medical ID jewelry company in Texas so that you can equip yourself and your family against the unethical enforcement of the experimental COVID-19 injection and any future injections that might come our way, no matter what situation you find yourselves in. By wearing these, we can band together to preserve our medical freedom by giving medical professionals instructions on how to treat us in those certain situations. You can get yours today at www.neverbands.shop. It is also brought to you by the Move Forth brand. That is my website, and also um, it provides you with information on how I can be helpful to you and your family uh, during this time of need, of great need. And so, yeah, so please go check that out at www.move-forth.com. I'm also reading from the Founders Bible. It is a New American Standard Bible that includes historical documents from the Founders era. And you can find one at www.foundersbible.com. Truly incredible Bible for you and your family. I'm also following the five-day Bible reading plan. And you can download and print a copy if you'd like at www.5daybiblereading.com. So today is day 145. And if this is your first time here, I am so, so glad that you clicked on today's episode. So this is where we are providing a place to read the Bible in a year together. And, but I do not recommend that you wait until January 1st to get started. So you can absolutely start from here and finish out um, the rest of this time to the end. Or you can absolutely stop this episode right here and go to the day one episode and let today be your first day in reading the Bible in a year. It's just wonderful that you are here. And if you've been here since day one, congratulations. Um, I know that for me personally, it truly has been a life-changing experience in reading the Bible and making that time to, you know, taking out time each day to be in the Word of God truly is life-changing and transformative. So I hope that you are experiencing the same. And if you really are enjoying it, please continue to share it with people. And also, I would be so grateful if you could rate the podcast. That would be awesome. All right. Well, today we're going to be reading 2 Kings 4 through 6 and Matthew chapter 5. 2 Kings chapter 4, the widow's oil. Now a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord, and the creditor has come to take my two children to be his slaves. Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you, what do you have in the house? And she said, Your maidservant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. Then he said, Go borrow vessels at large for yourself from all your neighbors, even empty vessels. Do not get a few. And you shall go in and shut the door behind you and your sons and pour out into all the vessels, and you shall set aside what is full. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They were bringing the vessels to her, and she poured. When the vessels were full, she said to her son, Bring me another vessel. And he said to her, There is not one vessel more. And the oil stopped. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay your debt, and you and your sons can live on the rest. The Shemamite woman. 
Now there came a day when Elisha passed over to Shunem, where there was a prominent woman, and she persuaded him to eat food. And so it was, as often as he passed by, he turned in there to eat food. She said to her husband, Behold now, I perceive that this is a holy man of God passing by us continually. Please let us make a little walled upper chamber, and let us set a bed for him there, and a table, and a chair, and a lampstand. And it shall be, when he comes to us, that he can turn in there. One day he came there and turned in to the upper chamber and rested. Then he said to Gehazi, his servant, Call this Shunammite. And when he had called her, she stood before him. He said to him, Say now to her, Behold, you have been careful for us with all this care. What can I do for you? Would you be spoken for to the king or to the captain of the army? And she answered, I live among my own people. So he said, What then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, Truly, she has no son, and her husband is old. He said, Call her. When he had called her, she stood in the doorway. Then he said, At this season next year you will embrace a son. And she said, No, my lord, O man of God, do not lie to your maidservant. The woman conceived and bore a son at that season the next year, as Elisha had said to her. The Shunammite's son. When the child was grown, the day came that he went out to his father, to the reapers. He said to his father, My head, my head. And he said to his servant, Carry him to his mother. When he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her lap until noon and then died. She went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door behind him and went out. Then she called to her husband and said, Please send me one of the servants and one of the donkeys, that I may run to the man of God and return. He said, Why will you go to him today? It is neither new moon nor Sabbath. And she said, It will be well. Then she saddled a donkey and said to her servant, Drive and go forward. Do not slow down. The pace for me unless I tell you. So she went and came to the man of God to Mount Carmel. When the man of God saw her at a distance, he said to Gehazi his servant, Behold, there is the Shunammite. Please run now to meet her and say to her, Is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with the child? And she answers, she answered, It is well. When she came to the man of God to the hill, she caught hold of his feet, and Gehazi came near to push her away. But the man of God said, Let her alone, for her soul is troubled within her, and the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me. Then she said, Did I ask for a son from my Lord? Did I not say, Do not deceive me? Then he said to Gehazi, Gird up your loins, and take my staff in your hand, and go your way. If you meet any man, do not salute him, and if anyone salutes you, do not answer him, and lay my stuff on the lad's face. The mother of the lad said, As the Lord lives, and as you live your and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. And he arose and followed her. Then Gehazi passed on before them and laid the staff on the lad's face, but there was no sound or response. So he returned to meet him and told him, The lad has not awakened. When Elisha came into the house, behold, the lad was dead and laid on his bed. So he entered and shut the door behind them both and prayed to the Lord. And he went up and lay on the child and put his mouth on his mouth and his eyes on his eyes and his hands on his hands. And he stretched himself on him and the flesh of the child became warm. Then he returned and walked in the house once back and forth and went up and stretched himself on him. And the lad sneezed seven times and the lad opened his eyes. He called Gehazi and said, call this Shunammite. So he called her. And when she came into him, he said, take up your son. 
Then she went in and fell at his feet and bowed herself to the ground, and she took up her son and went out. The poisonous stew. When Elisha returned to Gilgal, there was a famine in the land. As the sons of the prophets were sitting before him, he said to his servant, Put on the large pot and boil stew for the sons of the prophets. Then one went out into the field to gather herbs and found a wild vine and gathered from it his lap full of wild gourds and came and sliced them into the pot of stew, for they did not know what they were. So they poured it out for the men to eat. And as they were eating of the stew, they cried out and said, O man of God, there is death in the pot, and they were unable to eat. But he said, Now bring meal. He threw it into the pot and said, Pour it out for the people that they may eat. Then there was no harm in the pot. Now a man came from Baal Shashisha and brought the man of God bread of the first fruits, twenty loaves of barley, and fresh ears of grain in his sack. And he said, Give them to the people that they may eat. His attendant said, What will I set this before a hundred men? A hundred men. But he said, Give them to the people that they may eat, for thus says the Lord, They shall eat and have some left over. So he set it before them, and they ate and had some left over, according to the word of the Lord. Naaman is healed, chapter 5. Now Naaman, captain of the army of the king of Aram, was a great man with his master, and highly respected, because by him the Lord had given victory to Aram. The man was also a valiant warrior, but he was a leper. Now the Arameans had gone out in bands and had taken captive a little girl from the land of Israel, and she waited on Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, I wish that my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria. Then he would cure him of his leprosy. Naaman went in and told his master, saying, Thus and thus spoke the girl who is from the land of Israel. Then the king of Aram said, Go now, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. He departed and took with him ten talents of silver and six thousand shekels of gold and ten changes of clothes. He brought the letter to the king of Israel, saying, And now, as this letter comes to you, behold, I have sent Naaman, my servant, to you, that you may cure him of his leprosy. When the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and to make alive, that this man is sending word to me to cure a man of his leprosy? But consider now, and see how he is seeking a quarrel against me. It happened when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, that he sent word to the king, saying, Why have you torn your clothes? Now let him come to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses and his chariots and stood at the doorway of the house of Elisha. Elisha sent a messenger to him, saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh will be restored to you, and you will be clean. But Naaman was furious and went away and said, Behold, I thought he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the place and cure the leper. Are not Abana and Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. Then his servants came near and spoke to him and said, My father had the prophet told you to do some great thing, would you have done it? How much more then when he says to you, wash and be clean? So he went down and dipped himself seven times in the Jordan according to the word of the man of God, and his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child, 
and he was clean. Gehazi's Greed When he returned to the man of God with all his company and came and stood before him, he said, Behold now, I know that there is no God in all the earth but in Israel, so please take a present from your servant now. But he said, As the Lord lives before whom I stand, I will take nothing. And he urged him to take it, but he refused. Naaman said, If not, please let your servant at least be given two mules, load of earth, for your servant will no longer offer burnt offering, nor will the sacrifice to other gods, but to the Lord. In this matter, may the Lord pardon your servant. When my master goes into the house of Ramon to worship there, and he leans on my hand, and I bow myself to in the house of Ramon, when I bow myself in the house of Ramon, the Lord pardon your servant in this matter. He said to him, Go in peace. So he departed from him some distance. But Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God, thought, Behold, my master has spared this Naaman, the Aramean, by not receiving from his hands that he brought. As the Lord lives, I will run after him and take something from him. So Gehazi pursued Naaman. When Naaman saw one running after him, he came down from the chariot to meet him and said, Is all well? He said, All is well. My master has sent me, saying, Behold, just now two young men of the sons of the prophets have come to me from the hill country of Ephraim. Please give them a talent of silver or two changes of clothes. Naaman said, Be pleased to take two talents. And he urged him and bound two talents of silver in two bags with two changes of clothes and gave them to two of his servants, and they carried them before him. When he came to the hill, he took them from their hand and deposited them in the house, and he sent the men away, and they departed. But he went in and stood before his master, and Elisha said to him, Where have you been, Gehazi? And he said, Your servant went nowhere. Then he said to him, Did not my heart go with you when the man turned from his chariot to meet you? Is it a time to receive money and to receive clothes and olive groves and vineyards and sheep and oxen and male and female servants? Therefore, the leprosy of Naaman shall cling to you and to your descendants forever. So he went out from his presence, a leper, as white as snow. The axe head recovered, chapter 6. Now the sons of the prophets said to Elisha, Behold now, the place before you where we are living is too limited for us. Please let us go to the Jordan, and each of us take from there a beam, and let us make a place there for ourselves where we may live. So he said, Go. Then one said, Please be willing to go with your servants. And he answered, I shall go. So he went with them, and when they came to the Jordan, they cut down trees. But as one was fell, as one was felling a beam, the axe head fell into the water, and he cried out and said, Alas, my master, for it was borrowed. Then the man of God said, Where did it fall? And when he showed him the place, he cut off a stick and threw it in there and made the iron float. He said, Take it up for yourself. So he put it on his hand and took it. The Arameans plot to capture Elisha. Now the king of Aram was warring against Israel, and he counseled with his servants, saying, In such and such a place shall be my camp. The man of God sent word to the king of Israel, saying, Beware that you do not pass this place, for the Arameans are coming down there. The king of Israel sent to the place about which the man of God had told him. Thus he warned him, so that he guarded himself there more than once or twice. 
Now the heart of the king of Aram was enraged over this thing, and he called his servants and said to them, Will you tell me which of us is for the king of Israel? One of his servants said, No, my lord, O king, but Elisha the prophet, who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. So he said, Go and see where he is, that I may send and take him. And it was told him, saying, Behold, he is in Dothan. He sent horses and chariots and a great army there, and they came by night and surrounded the city. Now when the attendant of the man of God had risen early and gone out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was circling the city. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. When they came down to him, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, Strike this people with blindness, I pray. So he struck them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. Then Elisha said to them, This is not the way, nor is this the city. Follow me, and I will bring you to the man whom you seek. And he brought them to Samaria. When they had come into Samaria, Elisha said, O Lord, open the eyes of these men that they may see. So the Lord opened their eyes, and they saw, and behold, they were in the midst of Samaria. Then the king of Israel, when he saw them, said to Elisha, My father, shall I kill them? Shall I kill them? He answered, You shall not kill them. Would you kill those who have taken captive with your sword and with your bow? Set bread and water before them, that they may eat and drink, and go to their master. So he prepared a great feast for them, and when they had eaten and drunk, he sent them away, and they went to their master. And the marauding bands of Arameans did not come again into the land of Israel. The Siege of Samaria Cannibalism Now it came about after this that Ben-Hadad, king of Aram, gathered all his army and went up and besieged Samaria. There was a great famine in Samaria, and behold, they besieged it until a donkey's head was sold for eighty shekels of silver and a fourth of a cab of dove's dung for five shekels of silver. And the king of Israel was passing by on the wall. On the wall, a woman cried out to him, saying, Help, my lord, O king. He said, If the Lord does not help you, from where shall I help you? From the threshing floor or from the wine press? And the king said to her, What is the matter with you? And she answered, This woman said to me, Give your son that we may eat him today, and we will eat my son tomorrow. So we boiled my son and ate him. And I said to her on the next day, Give your son that we may eat him. But she has hidden her son. When the king heard the words of the woman, he tore his clothes. Now he was passing by on the wall, and the people looked, and behold, he had sackcloth beneath on his body. Then he said, May God do so to me, and more also, if the head of Elisha, the son of Shaphat, remains on him today. Now Elisha was sitting in his house, and the elders were sitting with him. And the king sent a man from his presence, and before the messenger came to him, he said to the elders, do you see how this son of a murderer has sent to take away my head? Look when the messenger comes, shut the door and hold the door shut against him. Is not the sound of his master's feet behind him? While he was still talking with them, behold, the messenger came down to him and he said, 
Behold, this evil is from the Lord. Why should I wait for the Lord any longer? Matthew chapter 5, the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and after he had sat down, his disciples came to him. He opened his mouth and began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those whose hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Disciples and the world, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and tan and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Do not think that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or stroke shall pass from the law until all is accomplished. Whoever then annuls one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever keeps and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Personal relationships. You have heard that the ancients were told, you shall not commit murder, and whoever commits murder shall be liable to the court. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother shall be guilty before the court. And whoever says to his brother, you good for nothing, shall be guilty before fiery hell. Therefore, if you are presenting your offering at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your offering there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and present your offering. Make friends quickly with your opponent at law while you are with him on the way so that your opponent may not hand you over to the judge and the judge to the officer and you be thrown into prison. Truly I say to you, you will not come out of there until you have paid up the last cent. You have heard it, you have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye makes you stumble, tear it out and throw it from you, for it is better for you to lose one of the parts of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. 
If your right hand makes you stumble, cut it off and throw it from you, for it is better for you to lose one of the parts of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. It was said, whoever sends his wife away, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that everyone who divorces his wife, except for the reason of unchastity, makes her commit adultery, and whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that the ancients were told, you shall not make false vows, but shall fulfill your vows to the Lord. But I say to you, make no oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is the footstool of his feet, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you make an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. But let your statement be, yes, yes, or no, no. Anything beyond these is of evil. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evil person. But whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. If anyone wants to sue you and to take your shirt, let him have your coat also. Whoever forces you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him who asks of you, and do not turn away from him who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven, for he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? If you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Therefore, you are to be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. And those are our readings for today. So I wanted to come back to Kings really quickly. Um, these were great stories, I thought, um, about Elisha. And what it points to is, um, you know, the revealing of Jesus in the Old Testament through using types um, that, you know, that are people that point to Jesus uh, and the coming of him. And uh, so here we have, um, let's see, the raising of the son of the widow uh, from the dead. That was pretty incredible, right? And then we also have the account of the, about the poisonous stew where um, bread and fruit are brought and they're questioning this isn't going to be enough and there was more and there was leftover. So that kind of, you know, foreshadows Jesus feeding the 5,000. So just interesting things. So we had, I think it was yesterday, we had someone caught up or taken before death, uh, taken into heaven um, that was alive. And now we have, I think that was Elijah. Um, and then now we have these foreshadowings here of raising someone from the dead and also um, multiplying food. So I thought that was really interesting today just to point out. And 
of course, in Matthew, the Sermon on the Mount, um, such, so incredible. Um, wait a second, did I? Hang on. I might have missed some. You know what? Hold on, everybody. I did. Okay, hang on. Okay. So actually, we are not done. <laughs> we are going to Okay, I'm just trying to think here. Wait, no. Hold on. I'm sorry y'all. Bear with me here. How did I mess this up? Okay, we read that, right? Okay, yes, we read that. No, maybe we're good. I think we're good. <laughs> I am so sorry, y'all. Okay, yes, we're okay. Woo! See, we, we I only recorded this one time, so bear with me. Thank you so much for that. I about had a... I got a little flustered there, got a little anxiety. Anyway, so yes, the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, um, so beautiful. And one of the interpretations that I heard, and I can't remember who it was from, but um, about the poor in spirit. And um, this was just really profound, and I wanted to share it. So blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So it means that those who understand that their spirit needs um need strength from the Lord. So it's like they understand that their their spirit is poor um, without seeking the Lord. So I just wanted to share that because that really put that into perspective. And then, of course, um, personal relationships, that is really a place where we could do some serious reflecting um, and just you know, the importance of where God stands with some of these very heavy topics and, um, you know, some of the topics that unfortunately nowadays, a lot of people aren't aware of, you know, aren't taught exactly where God stands with this and are not taught to be, to hold the fear of God in them, um, when they are in their lives and when they are in, um, scenarios that big decisions have to be made. Um, and so it's important that once we learn that we can do better, right, that we can make better choices uh, in our lives uh, in regards to our marriages um, and just our personal relationships with each other um, and to really practice forgiveness and so really have that, that healthy fear, right, uh, and just be humbled by that and to admit wrongdoing where wrongdoing needs to be admitted. I know that I am a sinner, absolutely, and, um, you know, do I wish that I could have done things differently in my life? Of abs- Absolutely, um, but I can't change it. All I can do is... Um, ask for forgiveness, repent, and and practice faith each and every day and be of service to God. And that's that's what we're called to do, right? So 
if these passages um, today, they're very powerful. And, um, you know, maybe it is, it is touching your heart, or maybe it is creating some resistance or, uh, you know, creating some heaviness on you. Uh, I understand. And so that's why it's so great that we are doing this together and that we can truly uh, live a better life because in the end, at the end of our life, the only person that matters, the only being that matters is God and what his final say is. So may this be... Um, powerful for you. Uh, may it, may it still uplift you. May you find encouragement in these words and may you be courageous in making better choices and living a more righteous life with a healthy fear of God. Let's go ahead and pray. Dear Lord, thank you for of course, the days where we can be in such awe, there were all filled moments as we read about Elisha and people in his life in that time where we saw, you know, raising of the dead, bringing the widow's son back to life. And then also the providing of food that you, that you did at that time when the stew was poisoned. It's in those places where we can see your revealing of your son and what happened when he was here on earth with us. And Lord, we are so grateful to be able to read about the Sermon on the Mount from Jesus and to imagine how powerful and life-changing that sermon was and that we still get to apply it today, that we can understand that you are the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, that you're very clear on what is acceptable to you and what is not, and that we are all sinners, Lord. We are all sinners, Lord. And by understanding and learning your your word and your expectations of us, it is on us to choose better and to live better and to forgive and to not judge others, Lord. You really must think that we are very capable because that is hard. That is so hard to do. But we pray for the fear of you. We pray that we can walk the narrow path with Jesus and we are just so grateful for our salvation through him we ask for humility we ask for repentance over and over again Lord we ask you to give us the awareness of when when we need to come to you to ask for forgiveness and to keep practicing our faith and trust in you, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Well, that concludes our episode for today. Thank you so much for being here. Please continue to share this with people in your life. Don't forget to rate the podcast. Give me a couple of stars if you wouldn't mind. I'd really appreciate it, even if it's five. That would be awesome. May you be filled with courage today. May you be filled with truth. And may we stand together in faith for the one and only God Almighty. I look forward to being with you in the next episode. Take care.